As today's culture tries to trade traditional moral values for what some might call the new normal, many American parents have felt forced to adapt to a new normal as well. TV programs in the past decade like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, Modern Family, and even The New Normal are a few shows where just the titles alone are indicative of a vast cultural swing. On the musical front, Macklemore, Ryan Lewis, and Mary Lambert did the song Same Love two or three years ago that echoes the exact same attitudes and narratives that we're hearing all over the news these days about same-sex attractions, gender fluidity, etc. And Americans are buying into it hook, line, and sinker. Yet the premise that babies can actually be born hardwired for homosexuality is scientifically unsustainable. What is sustainable, however, is that emotion, propaganda, and political correctness are driving our perspectives on LGBT issues more than science, history, faith, or even logic. If you're a parent dealing with children struggling with sexual identity and attraction, we'd like to offer some hope and some help. And we'll do that next on Licensed to Parent. Hello and welcome to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis. Our host, as always, is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, and I'm Rich Rosel. And Trace, we have certainly had our fair share of programs on the subject of homosexuality. That's not what we're all about, but we do talk about it regularly. We've even interviewed folks who've come out of that lifestyle and been given a fresh new start through faith in Christ. Even so, I am not sure we've ever heard a testimony quite like the one that we're going to be hearing from today's guest. Yeah. Well, Rich, I know we serve a God of miracles, and uh, I, I believe he still does miracles today. Now, I can't honestly say that because I get to see some pretty incredible things here at Shepherd's Hill virtually every day that everything I see here is a certified miracle, at least not in the way most people think of miracles, uh, though a lot of our parents would probably disagree with yeah. that. Uh, but I still say that the greatest miracles have transformed life. Uh, think about it. You know, what, what What good is it to restore someone's sight or a crippled leg if those restored legs and eyes are used to, you know, walk a person into a life of sin, destroys the, the whole person? Uh, I would say that you know, when you track someone for years and their life is a constant testimony to the redeeming power of Jesus Christ, then any supernatural experience that that person claims to have uh, becomes that much more credible. And, you know, simply because uh, veracity in and of itself, is one of the marks of a genuine believer. Well, let me take a moment and introduce today's guest, and we're then going to get her to tell about the miracles that she has experienced in her own journey. Sierra Leilani has a rather interesting background in that she lived openly as a lesbian for 20 years, starting at age 14, but since has been radically saved and delivered from that lifestyle by faith in Christ. Now, since that time, Sierra has led a small group of women in becoming disciples of Christ. She's spoken at youth and adult conferences and is working on her first book entitled, You Shall Live and Not Die. She writes a weekly blog that challenges readers to bring their lives into a right standing with Christ. And she recently launched Kingdom Asylum Ministries with a purpose of reaching the lost no matter the cost. Sierra, welcome to Licensed Parent. Thank you so much. Sarah, your testimony includes a lifestyle of homosexuality, and uh, I, I do want to uh, ask you some questions about how parents can mitigate their kids' chances uh, of getting involved in that to begin with. But according to your testimony, your transformation out of that lifestyle uh, includes an experience that most folks um, will likely never have. Uh, tell us a little about how you got involved in that lifestyle in the first place, and then what brought you out. Give us your story. Well, I was a teenager in San Antonio, Texas, 
living there with my parents who my father was a soldier. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And I tell you, I, I was a very active athletic person, um, active in my church, active in the, the youth groups, active in school. At 13 years old, I gave my life to Christ. I dedicated my life, dedicated everything, including my sexuality to Christ. I, I had promised the Lord at 13 that I would not have sex with a man until I was married. And uh, within 12 months, within one year, I had a an encounter um, a lesbian encounter that changed the rest of my life. The devil doesn't like those kind of uh, he commitments, didn't like does it. he? He didn't you, like it. You spoke to our kids uh, at Shepherd's Hill today during chapel, and you you set it up so nicely, saying, "I had no idea mm-hmm. how that could be twisted mm-hmm. around," because Correct. that was that was a promise that many of our young men and women right. make, and you got to be careful what you say. <laughs> and as you know, the devil didn't walk me out of that promise because I hadn't had sex with a man until marriage mm-hmm. and I still haven't yeah. if I'm transparent with you. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that he brought a woman to the door and mm-hmm. I did not have the fundamental teaching and the counseling on how to reject that temptation. Mm-hmm. So I accepted that challenge. Um, I was immediately, immediately full of shame, immediately full of a lack of identity. Um, I, I no longer understood um, what I was living for, what I was doing I didn't have a place where I felt comfortable going to my parents um, or my teachers or anyone for that matter and mm-hmm. just telling them, this is my new life. Yeah. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. Had you had any feelings of same-sex attraction prior to that temptation walking in the door? None whatsoever. I was a very popular athlete. Mm-hmm. I played basketball, and, and unfortunately in that sport, um, it's very common to have masculine females. However, I had no same-sex attraction, yeah. but it was instant. The moment I had a sexual encounter with a woman at 14, and I learned later why that was, I immediately went into bondage. Uh, Fast forward, obviously, from 14, 15, all the way to 34, I had no way of knowing that the God that I surrendered to at 13 was still waiting for me at 34. And what I found out was that I was that prodigal daughter that we read in the Bible, and I came running back to Christ after a, a horrible breakup, if you will, I had a a trauma in my life that caused me to look at God and ask him, who are you? Um, If you're real, this this is actually what I said to God in my home, in the privacy of my home. Um, I said, God, if you're real, show me that you are or leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And it was at that moment where uh, he came rushing into my life Mm -hmm. immediately. Um, So from that moment, I, um, I had a radical deliverance at 34 years old. When I say radical, I mean radical right there. We're talking supernatural. It thing. was supernatural because what happened that day at 34 years old was I was reacquainted with the God I met at 13. And I knew that he was tangibly in the room. I felt his presence. My uh, my countenance changed. I was completely submitted. I was no longer hard and ag- abrasive. Yeah. I essentially was delivered that day. However, I had to go through a process of healing that has lasted three years. Tell me what you mean by delivered. What were you delivered from? Well, um, you know, the only thing I can liken it to is a wonderful story I talk about often was Mary Magdalene and and that, you know, she was set free from seven demons. And I know that I had many demonic spirits that occupied my my body, if you will, my soul, and I had no control. Mm -hmm. I was set free from lust and perversion immediately. I no longer had same-sex attraction towards women. I was set free from manipulation and lying cheating, um, almost depression, a, a sense of heaviness, I, that all left. The moment I asked Christ into my heart for real, not 
cliche, I want to be for real. Mm -hmm. He radically changed me. I found later on that I was um, freed from addiction of food and Mm. I found other sources to fill the void in my heart. And I didn't know it was Mm -hmm. just sex or um, I had no identity. And so he began to build that back up. Mm -hmm. St. Augustine said, Lord, you've made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until we find our rest in you. And until we do that, we're going to find our rest in something else. Or we're going to try to find our rest. Try to find (laughs) our rest. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) You know, you said you didn't really have same-sex attractions until uh, 14. 14. Uh, How do you explain the the people who say, I knew from the time I was five that uh, I was was a homosexual. Is their story radically different from yours, or how are they different? You know, Trace, I can tell you that I experienced um, a lot of temptation prior to 14, but I rejected it. There were massives of opportunities to, to have sex with boys and girls mm-hmm. at a very early age. I honestly had a fear of God, um, and I had a fear of my parents, if I'm honest, and yeah. I had a fear of the discipline that would come. But I don't think the devil is any respecter of persons or age. I do believe that we are an over-sexualized society. Absolutely. And I do believe that children are no longer sheltered from the things that we used to be sheltered from. Right. Um, So it's very possible for a five-year-old to consider same-sex attraction. Do you think your relationship with your dad had anything to do with uh, the fact that you you went in that direction? You know, I've thought about that, and I've even asked God that, because I had a father at home. I have my mother and father are still married. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have a moment where I could say, because you weren't here. Mm-hmm. He was very active. We went fishing. We went hiking. We He was at all my games. We went to three-on-three tournaments. I was a basketball yeah. player. But I will say, I do believe a portion of his lack of compassion, his lack of um, grace, Grace. Uh, he was never there. My father was a soldier, always on assignment for the United States government. God bless him. Um, but I needed my father to love me, teach me, guide me, discipline me. The I love you, he Sierras, the hugs and the kisses. Absolutely. And, okay. I, I had he, a wonderful... Even though he was in the military, because you said that that was part of the stress for a while. It was because yeah. he was absent a lot. And okay. so my mother had to play mother and father. Mm-hmm. She had to play disciplinarian, the one that affirmed us and confirmed us. But he still moved into the father role any chance he got when he was home. Only when it came time to discipline. Ah, okay. And so, so you're getting one side of the love battery. Absolutely. You know, the, the positive side of the love battery was unhooked, and you're getting the negative. Correct. Okay. But I also realized after later, you know, years of praying, he couldn't teach me what he never learned. Right. And so I try to tell people, give parents a break mm-hmm. in that if you don't know, ask for help. Go to your local church. Go to people that can actually help you understand. And I love this program mm-hmm. because I do believe this is helping others. And the military is not really known for for putting emotions in the equation, are they? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, had you not had such an experience with Christ, uh, where do you think you'd be today? Oh, goodness. I, I've thought about that a million times over. I have no idea because I believe that my steps were ordered from the very beginning of time. I have no idea. But I'll tell you one thing, Trace. God has always known that I would come back to him and I would say mm-hmm. yes. Always. Do you know anyone else who's come out of the, the lifestyle? That- I do. Um, I have a few friends, and it has been very difficult for them because mm-hmm. I do believe that most people assume it's going to be an instant transformation mm-hmm. and that they won't have to rely on the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, they won't have to really be dedicated in the Word. Um, this isn't just a, uh, a quick appetizer. Mm-hmm. This is war. 
Yeah. This is war in the spirit realm. I understand that as I was set free from demonic spirits, I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. That didn't stop them from coming back to try to occupy my body. So there's still right. temptation. And, and, you know, I guess with any other sin, maybe some failures along the way. Absolutely. Uh, can you speak to that? Because a lot of people will say, okay, well, you know, she failed here. Mm-hmm. She can't be a real believer. You know, there's a lot of people think that, right? I do. Yeah. I do. And I'll tell you, I did have a situation about a year after coming to Christ. There was a woman that came into my life very cautiously. She was actually a friend of of mine, and um, I didn't see this coming. And I found myself in a situation that I could have really been boxed in. The problem is, is that I didn't reach. God always provides a way out. Mm -hmm. And I didn't notice the way out. And what I ended up doing was relying on my own strength. Mm-hmm. And I was so, and, and, you know, I was in a situation where I said, God, you have a mentor in my life. I have friends that I could have called, but I tried to do it in my own strength and I failed. And so mm-hmm. at that moment, I'll tell you, honestly, I, w- I went further, almost could have been deep in depression, but the Holy Spirit said, no, mm-hmm. all you have to do is repent. I'm still here. Yeah. I want us to talk about hope for those who may be hearing this and wrestling with the same thing and about what we can do to help equip parents, equip their children to deal with this sort of thing, whether it's temptation that's unwanted or whether they are truly wrestling with some of these issues. But first, we have to take a break. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Sierra Leilani. She is a woman who lived openly as a lesbian for 20 years before being delivered from that lifestyle by faith in Christ. And she recently launched Kingdom Asylum Ministries. We'll find out more about that in just a moment. We'll be right back. In the training of our children, What role should public school play? Documentarian Colin Gunn takes a panoramic exploration of this issue by hopping in a school bus for a field trip all over America in the DVD Indoctrination. Colin conducts a series of candid interviews and discovers how God's recipe for training the next generation is being replaced with a humanistic, man-centered program that fragments the family and undermines the influence of the church and the Great Commission. Christian teachers and principals share how they're attempting to walk the tightrope between teaching what they do not believe and being restricted from their God-given call to be salt and light. Indoctrination, Public Schools and the Decline of Christianity in America. Available in the Licensed to Parent store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherds Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Hi, this is Ravi Zacharias. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherds Hill Ministries and Licensed to Parent. I remember talking to somebody in the entertainment world once who said their entire target audience was an 18-year-old and typically an 18-year-old male. They said the influence they wield in a culture around with their friends is enormous. So a ministry like this, to rescue those who have been seduced along the way, uh, I cannot say how important this is. And to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. With the generous gifts from people just like you, we're able to provide parents with practical insights to navigate the challenges families face in today's culture, as well as helping troubled teens in our year-long residential program. To learn more and to donate, visit LicensedToParent.org.
Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Again, you'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. While there, don't forget to subscribe to our blog and also be sure to catch past programs that you may have missed. Again, licensedtoparent.org. And our guest today on Licensed to Parent is... uh, a lady that uh, is talking about a, a subject firsthand that we've only uh, talked about in passing but many times before, and that's what it's like to come out of the gay lifestyle. She lived for 20 years uh, as a lesbian before being delivered from that lifestyle by faith in Christ. Her name is Sierra Leilani, and um, in addition to that story, she has also just launched a ministry with the purpose of reaching lost souls no matter the cost. It's called Kingdom Asylum ministries, and let me get you to tell us about that. Absolutely. Well, Kingdom Asylum Ministries, uh, we also call it CAM, is a ministry that's focused on the lost and the unsaved. Our purpose is to rescue the lost by any means necessary. And what I mean by that is when we see people from a kingdom mindset, we see them as souls who have an eternity, no matter their skin color, no matter their gender, and not the many categories of faults the world has created. And so in 2012, when I got radically delivered and saved, God began to teach me who he was through the word. Um, And it wasn't until 2014 where he began speaking to me about CAM, Kingdom Asylum Ministries. Um, And he said to me very clearly, no longer are we going to be men and women of color or of alternate social classes. We're all individual souls called by Christ to represent his purpose in the earth. You can come out of any lifestyle and God can still use you. Hmm. You can have any socioeconomic class and God can still use you. The key is, are you willing to submit to him wholeheartedly? Yeah, Paul was a murderer, for crying out loud. <laughs> That's uh, true. But, you know, you, you were, you're a police officer currently. Yes. And uh, when you get on the department, you look different, act different, and made yes. some different claims about life, I think. Uh, that had to be something that, uh, you know, around the water cooler at the station. Oh, yes. There had to be some discussion about that. How did you deal with that, and what kind of testimony has it been for, for the power of Christ to your department? It was, it was a moment of public shame um, in the police academy and in our environment. You're not taught to be soft. You're not taught to be compassionate. Um, I used to make arrests and, and have no compassion for individuals. I just, you broke the law, I'm taking you to jail. Now I find um, that in looking at an individual, what they're lacking is the compassion of Christ. My coworkers, my colleagues have always respected me, but now they see something in me that is indescribable. So mm-hmm. I actually have to make them comfortable enough to ask me, what's mm-hmm. happened to you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you look different. You don't even walk the same. You don't talk the same. You're wearing makeup now. I mean, what's this? Uh, has that been a topic of discussion with your fellow been. officers? Well, it it's has probably been. been a good one. It has been. And the truth is, is that Christ knows no barrier. And mm-hmm. so the, the uncomfortableness has been me telling people it's because that Jesus Christ is in my life for real. Mm-hmm. And so I've become that proverbial mirror. Now, they knew that you were a lesbian at the time, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, I mean, I asked that because, again, this started a number of years ago when you Correct. became an officer. So at that time, being public about it was not the thing in Correct. a lot of in a lot of walks of life. This included. So yeah. they have truly seen the full transformation. Oh yes, and a lot of them have said to me privately, mm-hmm. Sierra, your life in and of itself is what is drawing me back to Christ. Seeing it awesome. for myself. I don't need to read any pamphlets. I see it. I've seen it. And it's good. It's this good to hear how, that. This is yeah. how God can say in his word, all things work out for the good of those who love God and are Amen. called according to his purpose. But what counsel would you have for the parent whose 14-year-old child approaches him and says, Dad, Mom, I'm gay? 
Oh, I would tell you to love your child unconditionally. I would tell you to understand that Christ knew your child before he gave you your child. Mm -hmm. I would tell you that he is the only one that can draw that child. My mother and I have had many conversations about my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. She prayed for me those 20 years. I give her the credit, if you will, to pray. She prayed me out of it. I would tell parents, learn how to pray for your child. Learn the power of your your prayer as the covering Mm -hmm. of that child. Mm -hmm. I would also tell them, don't stop being your child's friend just because you don't agree with the sin that they're walking in. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that there needs to be um, strong counseling, um, wraparound services to help them deal with this. Yeah. But I also don't think it needs to be a topic that's swept under the rug. Yeah. Well, Chris, a lot of Christians have been ridiculed for taking a, a simplistic approach to this issue, like Rosie O'Donnell, for instance, who's been seen on TV saying, you know, uh, Christians just want to pray the gay away. How do you respond to that? I tell you, there's power in prayer. Absolutely. <laughs> most Christians will run from that. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I'll do. I'll tell you, there's power in prayer. And, and I asked God directly, how many times have you spared my life? And he told me 11 times. Wow. When mm. I asked him why, he said, I love your mother's prayers. So I knew at that moment, it, it, had my mother not continued to pray for me for 20 yeah. years, there is a possibility that I wouldn't be here today. And I think so much of this goes back to the intimacy with Christ. Absolutely. I think one of the problems that Christian parents are facing these days, they don't want to appear to condone a particular lifestyle. And for whatever reason, homosexuality, the whole transgender issues that are in the news so much these days, that seems to be the big red flag. Well, it brings shame to the family. Well, I don't what, know if that's even the case anymore. I, I, I was about to say, it's a bad in some, some I, I don't know if it does or not either. But but the thing of it is, there are a lot of sins, like every one of them, that our kids are dealing with. Mm-hmm. And do we have this tendency to want to kick them out of the house because they lied? Well, maybe so. I mean, quite honestly, in our household, that's a big one. I mean, not not that we're going to kick our kids out because they lied, mm-hmm. but that's that's a big one. Lying's unpardonable sin in our home. It, 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 it almost <laughs> is. But with homosexuality, it's like, well, we have to distance ourselves from the child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly counterproductive and the opposite thing that you're saying right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah. I've heard um, love the child, hate the sin, or love the person, hate the sin. Yeah. Um, every story that I have read of the Bible, Jesus went after that sinner with all he had. Mm-hmm. He didn't spend time with the Pharisees and Sadducees. He didn't sit around. He loved that person back to him. There was a young man that um, I told this story with your students that came running out of the church to give me that one seat that I was so eloquently arguing with God about in church. Yeah. I had a problem with possibly sitting in an overflow. Mm-hmm. So God met me where I was. Yeah, And he will do definitely do that. Yeah. There's a question. I know we're kind of running out of time here, but there's a question I got to ask you here because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of parents will ask me this. Okay. Uh, should parents allow their adolescents... Uh, to hang out with kids who who claim to be openly gay, why why not? And if not, how can they enforce this practically? You know, I I had that issue. Uh, my parents forbid me from hanging with uh, lesbians and gay uh, boys. Now I will tell you that I found a way to go out and hang out with them. I ran away and still found it. Now I will tell you that the most important thing you can do is shelter your child from the areas of life that um, whether it's hanging out at bars and drinking or like you said with gay. Boys and girls, if I was sitting before a parent, I would encourage them to not allow them to fraternize with individuals that are blatantly disregarding the word of God. Mm -hmm. If you are a Christian household, the world and Christianity, we shouldn't be mixing. We should be the light. We should be drawing them back to Christ, not commingling. One could ask the question, though, if you're not 
co-mingling, how are you going to draw them back? My life is a testament of itself. I go mm-hmm. out and I share the gospel. I teach people, but I do life with them. I go to Starbucks. I hang out with people, but I don't minimize my standards, uh, my biblical standards, just to accommodate a friendship. Right. Um, and so I have biblical standards now. And, and my friends will tell you, I, I, I am not available, nor am I interested in doing things that don't glorify God. If even I don't care if it's music. I don't care if it's certain movies. I am not wasting the money that God has blessed me with to glorify a God that is not my God. No, you're right on so, the money there. So to make sure that our parents are hearing this clearly, you're not saying avoid these people at all costs. You're saying don't don't hang with them and consider their opinions as equally valid and don't allow their lifestyle to model your future lifestyle. Instead, shine that light. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. well, because that, again, big point of disagreement in a lot of families. No, no doubt about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, why should or shouldn't a parent uh, uh, try to steer their child away? From, I know that your, your situation was a little different, but uh, a lot of parents have kids, uh, maybe boys who want to play dress up with dolls. And uh, should should parents, you know, at five six years old, be steering their kids a- away from these gender issues like that? I mean, well, you know, I um I think parents have an assignment to cover that child. And had I thought about this a little bit earlier, there was no one in my home that was guiding me to be more feminine. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was a very I was very tomboyish even before I became a lesbian. When I you know the, the topic of dresses came up in the in the conversation I wasn't forced to wear dresses I could wear whatever I want mm-hmm. there needs to be structure there needs to be discipline and order mm-hmm. in the home um, and that's that's the epitome of God's kingdom mm-hmm. should boys uh, be allowed to wear dresses and, and just do whatever they want absolutely not I, I think one of the things though that we need to recognize at least in this part of the conversation is that a four-year-old a five-year-old whatever uh, I, I'm not talking about the wearing dresses necessarily because mm-hmm. there are boundaries that you need to set but um, if if a five-year-old little boy wants to pick up a doll one day and play with it for a while, I don't think that's oh, going to be right. the end of the— Or if a girl wants to pick up a gun or play cowboys and Indians, sure. That's not the issue. At mm-hmm. that age, right. kids are being kids. Right. Right. And and the, the I've, so don't panic, parents. Don't don't panic. <laughs> and I've heard the argument about you know whether children can choose their gender at that age. You know when you're when you're young. Your attraction goes all over the place. You will, boys will hate girls for a period of time. Right. That doesn't make them gay. <laughs> right, right. And, and you know, likewise, it's a, they're yucky, they're gross, they're, you know, it's all that sort of thing. Yeah. We're we're discovering just what life is about, yeah. and and I think we get hung up a lot on yeah. on some of those issues. Yeah. And it goes back to uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. You know, God knew who He formed in that woman's womb. Right. There's no question about it. You're either born male or female. Mm-hmm. And God had a plan for the that. The issue I bring up all the time is what do the chromosomes say? Oh, what yeah. does the anatomy say? You can't get around that one. Right. You know. I so. appreciate your opening the door. I especially appreciate your coming and talking to the kids at Shepherd's Hill. Thank you very Thank much. You. We know they enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. And your story is one that we hope will be told again and again. Hey, listen real quick. If anyone's interested in learning a little bit more about Kingdom Asylum Ministries, we are on Facebook. Um, and they can also go to my blog, com. That's C-I-A-R-A-L-E-I-L-A-N-I.com. Thanks so much for coming and blessings you. on you and on your, you. on your future ministry. God bless you. Our guest today is Sierra Leilani, a woman who openly lived as a lesbian for 20 years before being delivered. That's the key from that lifestyle by faith in Christ. 
Uh, her ministry that she just mentioned, Kingdom Asylum Ministries, is one we encourage you to check out on Facebook. Also, uh, we're looking forward to that book, You Shall Live and Not Die. Is there a timetable on when we might see that? You know, God put it on ice for a second, but I think it's coming. It's based on Psalms 118.17. All right. Keep your Come eyes soon. open for that. And again, SierraLelani.com. I do invite you to join us online at LicensedToParent.org. While there, I hope you'll check out the program archive, subscribe to Trace's blog, and consider becoming one of our ministry partners to help underwrite the work we do with troubled teens and their families. Remember that all gifts are tax-deductible, and you can give securely online when you click the Donate button at LicensedToParent.org. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosell. If you like the program, please tell a friend and make plans to join us once again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.